0: Helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian certified counselor and award winning psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is titled How to Be Happy in an Odd Couple Relationship. We sometimes hear of these matches-made-in-heaven relationships where partners seem to be perfectly suited for each other. They like the same movies, they have similar interests, and even seems to intuitively know what the other person is thinking. On the other hand, we see relationships between people who seem to be odd couples, who are so different that it seems to be a real life example of beauty and a beast. By odd couples, we mean relationships in which two partners are polar opposites. The relationship of Abigail and Nabal is an example of this. We find that story in 1 Samuel chapter 25. And the names of the partners in that marriage gives us Give us an example of how different they were. So we are told in 1 Samuel 25, verse 25, that the name Nabal actually means a fool and that he acted out his name. As a matter of fact, his wife was speaking to King David and telling King David not to listen to her husband who was making a fool of himself because his name meant fool. And and she even went on to say that folly goes with him. Not only he's a fool, but folly goes with him. In contrast, the name Abigail comes from the root word ab, which means father. And her full name, Abigail, actually means the, the father's joy, my father's joy. So in her name, there is this uh association with joy. And as we read the story in first Samuel chapter twenty five, we can see that Abigail seemed to have been loved by her servants, whereas her husband her husband uh, acted in ways that made people stay away from him and not be. Uh, drawn to him. The servants went to her to talk about her husband's behavior. They did not feel that they could speak to him directly about the trouble he was getting himself into with King David. So, are you an odd couple relationship. We are going to be looking at examples of odd couple's relationship. And so as we go through these examples, I want you to see if you hear yourself in any of these examples. But before I go into that, I want to thank those of you who called in about last week's show, The Five Strategies to Overcome Shame. We had many callers who called and who left emails, and even some of whom have gone to our YouTube channel to listen to this podcast after it had been broadcasted. So thank you very much for your interest in that show and for the questions that you have asked around that show. We want to remind you that all our show are up on our website that you can access uh, the YouTube channel through our website, elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. So are you an odd couple? Are you in an odd couple relationship? Examples of odd couples' r- relationship are a relationship between an introvert, and an extrovert. You know those kinds of relationships where one person wants to have guests over every weekend and the other partner would just like to never have anyone over? That's an example of an odd couple relationship. Another kind of example of an odd couple relationship is where one person is a spender and likes to spend, where the other person is very frugal with their finances. A religious and an atheist is an example of another odd couple relationship. Or the orderly and the slob. You know that person that Likes to keep the house neat and clean and everything has to be in the right place. Not only has it as, not only do things have to be in the right place, but they have to be arranged in a certain way and be in perfect order where the other person is a slob. And so if you're listening today and feel that your wife may have told me something about you, I'm not talking about anyone in particular. I'm just giving examples. Other examples are people who are very cautious, who are married to people who are risk takers, people who want to go into risky investments where the other person would just like to leave their money in the bank account because they're afraid of any kind of risk. Or another example of an odd couple relationship would be a passive person who is married to an aggressive person. And this is not an exhaustive list of all the different kinds of odd couples, but I guess you get the point that I'm trying to make here, that there are many odd couples Relationship. So if you're listening to this show and you go, Yes, I am in an odd couple relationship, I can see how my partner and I are exact opposites. I want you to know that you don't have to despair because the match made in heaven type of relationship only represents about 5% of all couples but they, the most couples are opposites. There's a saying that opposites attract. So most people who are in a relationship are in an odd couple relationship. So welcome to the club. Don't be in despair. We are going to be talking about how you can be happy in an odd couple relationship because statistics show that odd couple relationships can be as happy Happy as people who are these match made in heaven or in these match made in heaven types of relationship and statistics also also show that people who are in these so-called match made in heaven relationship are not necessarily happy. They are bored because it's like you're living with yourself. There is no spice to life. There is no difference. You know, you might be two peas in a pod, but after a while it gets very boring if there is no difference. So so the first point I want to cover today as I go into this topic of how to be happy in an odd couple relationship, the first important step is to rethink your differences. Opposites can lead to happier, more balanced life. And so if, you are, if you're opposite of your partner, it doesn't necessarily mean that the relationship is doomed for failure. Opposites can lead to you becoming more balanced. So, for example, one person might be, because of their childhood, because of trauma that they have suffered, they may have this tendency to be perfectionist, and everything has to be perfect. And so, they're married to someone who is the exact Opposite. They don't care if something is 75% accurate only, they're happy with their 75%. Whereas that person with the perfectionist, if it's not 100%, they cannot be happy. That person who is happy with 75% might be a way to bring the perfectionist into a more balanced perspective. Of reality, because trying to get a hundred percent can make you less productive. It can make you more anxious. It can lead to a whole host of of anxiety, uh, anxiety type of mental illnesses because you're trying so hard to be perfect which is unattainable. And so having someone who can balance you out, that can make you come to this realization that, wow, he was not killing himself or she was not killing herself to have a 100% perfect uh paper or to be 100% perfect on this project, but it turned out okay. The planets didn't fall out of the sky. No one died because it wasn't perfect. And so uh, having a partner who can balance you out can bring you into this place of a happier, more balanced life. So the first thing under this heading to to rethink your differences is to find out how you complement each other and how you can bring each other into a more balanced way of living. Another example would be the passive person who may learn to become more assertive by living with the aggressive person. And the aggressive person can learn to be less aggressive and learn to be assertive instead of being aggressive. So if you're in this relationship, or if you're you in a relationship in which you're opposite of your partner, rethink your differences. It doesn't mean that you are right in the way that you are living your life and your partner is wrong. It doesn't mean that your way of doing things is the correct way. There is something you can learn from your partner who is the, the polar opposite of of what you are. Researchers are now saying, researchers from five universities, including UCLA and the University of Rochester, they collaborated on a comprehensive analysis of online dating. And they, are, they argued that the way in which people are approaching online dating might be incorrect because people are approaching online dating and they're looking for similarities. They're, they're focused on checking off a rigid set of criteria for their partner. And that does not necessarily make for a happy relationship. You can find someone who is very similar to you, but yet your life can be a total misery misery living with this person. You can be similar and not be compatible. You can be similar and be incompatible with each person. And so it's important to look at other qualities. What kind of common goals do you have for your life? Those kind of things are more important. What kind of sheer values do you have? Instead of looking at things like, do you like the same movies that I like? Do you have the same hobbies that I have? Those kind of things do not necessarily mean that you are going to have a better relationship. So rethink your differences. The second point in being happy in an odd couple relationship is to avoid what John Gottman calls the four horsemen. Avoid the four horsemen. And these four horsemen that John Gottman talks about in his writing and in his podcast is uh, four ways in which four communication pitfalls that set couples up for divorce. And he's saying that even people with differences can have happy relationship if they avoid these four things in their communication style. He also did a study of couples over many years, following these couples for many years. And one, what John Gottman found found is that the couples who ended up divorced it wasn't because they weren't they didn't have a lot in common it wasn't because they had less problem it was because they had these four things present in their communication style so the first of the four horsemen to avoid is criticism criticizing your partner over and over again is a way to make sure that you kill the love in your relationship. So there's a difference between expressing a complaint about something and criticizing the person. There's a difference between saying you always do that and I hate it, and saying, when you do that certain thing, it makes me feel. So, criticism tend to attack the person instead of dealing with the issue uh, instead. And so, avoid falling into criticism. The second horseman is Contempt where a person turns to a way of speaking that can make their partner feel demeaned, ridiculed, feel as if they are being. They are being put down this kind of way of speaking, such as using sarcasm hostile sarcasm as a way of communicating or mocking your partner. these kinds of attitude in communication style is a predictor of divorce and 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 it's no wonder because the Bible says in Proverbs 15 verse 1, that a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. So if you're using contempt with your partner, don't be surprised if you have a relationship in which anger is is infecting the relationship in which anger is very present in the relationship because no one likes to be demeaned and disrespected. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic, How to Be Happy in an Odd Couple Relationship. You can find out more about our not-for-profit organization by going to elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-544-3546. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. The third of the four horsemen that John Gottman talked about is Defensiveness. And he says defensiveness is also very destructive to a relationship. So defensiveness occurs when a partner, one partner, points out something that is wrong with the relationship. And instead of the other person hearing what the other person is saying and attending to it, they react with hostile defensiveness. You know I had to work late. You know I didn't have any time to do what you're asking me to do. I didn't remember. Those are defensive ways of approaching a conflict. And if you turn to this to defensive ways of communicating in a relationship, don't be surprised if the relationship Falls apart, and it won't be because you have differences. It won't be because you're an odd couple. Why the relationship falls apart? It is because of how you are communicating and you're using defensiveness. The fourth of the 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 the, the four horsemen that John Gottman writes about is stone walling, and stone walling uh, is when a person withdraws from an interaction, shuts down, and simply stops responding to their partner. And it might not be a bad idea in some situations where uh, a conversation is spiraling out of control to say, this conversation is not being productive right now. Let us stop here and let us set a time to talk about it tomorrow. That is not stonewalling. What stonewalling is, it's a way of trying to punish the other person with silence. I don't like what you're saying, so I'm not going to talk to you, and I won't talk to you in some instances for days. People will stonewall their partners for days, and I've even heard examples of where people will go weeks without speaking to their partner because the partner brought up something that they didn't like and so if you're engaging in, in stonewalling you're setting up your partner for your relationship for failure and the third kind of the, the third thing that you should keep in mind the third The third uh, strategy for surviving and being happy in an odd couple relationship is that you should work on win win compromise. So, the first point that I talk about was to rethink your differences. The second point was to avoid the four horsemen in your communication. And the third point now that I am on is to work on win win compromise many of us go into relationships thinking that things should be done our way my way is the better way and i want things to be done how i grew up or how, how i grew up doing it and i want you to be exactly like me relationships cannot thrive in that kind of environment and yes you might be happy if your partner becomes And becomes like you and do everything that you want him or her to do. But I guarantee you that your partner will be sacrificing a part of who he or she is and will never be happy in that kind of the relation, uh, that kind of a relationship. So you may be happy, but it will not be a happy relationship. So work on win-win compromise. Take, for example, a situation where a person is what some people call a neat freak and the other person is this slob that, you know, leave things, you know, all over the place. Their socks is at the front door and, you know, their their bag is in the middle of the living room and everything is just chaotic in you how they do things, how they, they live their lives. A win-win scenario might be that the person who is the so-called slob might have to learn to become a little bit more orderly in how they go about living. And maybe the person who is the, the neat freak may need to realize that they can live with some level of disorder within the household, that the house does not have to be a museum for them to feel safe. So, in other words, there is respect involved in coming to win-win compromise. So it might be that this person who is the slob will come to a place where they realize I cannot keep this area of the house like that. I might have my place in the basement that I can leave however I want, but in this area, that's the main entrance area, I have to be careful because that will make my partner unhappy. So you can create spaces where a person can be who he or she wants to be but other places where the 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 needs of the other person is met so think about your situation what would, would win win look like and come up with compromises instead of trying to change the other person the fourth point is to learn to live with acceptable sorry learn to live with reasonable differences learn to live with reasonable differences. And so with reasonable differences here, I am not talking about putting up with things like gambling or abuse or porn use. I'm talking about reasonable differences. Your partner is different than you. And don't try to change your partner into becoming who you are. So learn to live with reasonable differences. This may mean coming up with a list of things that are deal breakers for the relationship and deciding together what those deal breakers are and what those those values that you share as a couple, what are those values that you want to build your relationship around. Come up with those with those ideas, and then think about the other things which are negotiables, and then learn to accept the differences in which you go about those other things that are not based on moral values or are not based on on core values of the relationship. So accept that your partner will never be as organized as you are. I see relationships of people who come in where they have spent 30, 40, 50 years trying to change the other person into becoming who they are. Your partner will never become like you. So a good thing to do, a healthy thing to do, is to learn to accept reasonable differences. Accept that your partner will never discipline the kids the way that you are, and that, and that can be a factor of male and female differences. Male discipline is different than female discipline. Your husband may never speak to the kids with the tone that you speak to them, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he's being abusive. So you have to learn to live with these differences to to be happy in an odd couple relationship and the fifth point that i want to stress as to how to be happy in an odd couple relationship is to change your focus change your focus we can Focus on things in a way that makes them become unsurmountable obstacles in our relationship and become very unhappy about them. Or we can change our focus to the things that are really going well in the relationship. In many cases, we lose sight of of the good side of things. So, for example, your husband is playing with your your child in the middle of the living room that you like to keep very clean and tidy, and there are toys all over the floor, there are books thrown, and the first thing that comes to your mind is, "Look how messy this room is," as opposed to my husband is spending quality time with our child. And so if you focus on the mess, you might miss the fact that there is a bonding that's taking place. Or another example of this is that she's planning to entertain again and I would rather be alone. Whereas you could thank God that you have friends in your lives that you can invite over. So change your focus. In Philippians 4 verse 79, we read these words. Finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are honorable, whatever things are right, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely. And it goes on to say, think on these things. And then it says, and the God of peace will be with you. Sometimes we miss peace in our lives because we are focusing on all the things that are going wrong and not on the things that are going right. So you can be happy in your odd couple relationship if you focus on on these five principles that I have talked about here today. If you have missed this show, you can find it on our YouTube. If you have missed the first part of this show, you can listen to it by going to our YouTube channel, which you can access through our website, elimcounselingministry.com. Or you can do a simple search in YouTube for Elim Counseling Services and our channel will come up. We have over 200 shows listed on our YouTube channel. We also want to remind you that we are a not-for-profit organization and we have people that call us almost every day who cannot afford counseling. And so we need your help to be able to minister to these people with a gospel-filled Approach to counseling—a gospel-filled approach that changes life and helps people to become more Christ-like. If you'd like to support us, you can do so. You can do so through our website, Ministry.com, or you can support us by becoming a Patreon of our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Counseling. That's our Patreon page. And you can become a Patreon for as little as $5 monthly. So we want to thank you for being with us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. And we pray that this this show will be a blessing to you and it will help you in your walk. We have tried to make this show uh, scripturally sound by involving the scriptures in in the, the podcast that we put out. And we hope you find this very helpful and enjoyable. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.